Life Audio. Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello, and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth, because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. I'm Kelly Campbell. And I'm Jody Bailey. And we are passionate about helping God's children live in freedom. We would so love to connect with you online or on social media. Just visit our show notes and learn how to connect with us. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And today, we are continuing our series on Abraham, talking about God's promises and Abraham's fears as he followed God throughout his whole life. Today, it's a little different because in Genesis 21, three different events occur. The child of God's promise, Isaac, is born. Then Abraham sends the son that he had by Hagar, Ishmael, away. And finally, Abraham forms a treaty with Abimelech concerning a well that would become to known as Beersheba. Now, while these events may appear to be somewhat unrelated, all three involve God fulfilling a promise made to Abraham. But here's the thing. Even blessings bring change, and change can bring difficulties. In all of these things, we can experience fear, even in the midst of goodness. We must remember to turn to God in that fear, even as we thank Him for the blessings and acknowledge the difficulties of our real life. And, you know, I can I can really relate to what Abraham was going through in a way. And I'm sure that many of our listeners can as well, because our daughter, she graduated from high school not too long ago. And we were really, of course, we're excited. It's exciting time, everything happening. And and you're, you're going through all these changes. And she'd chosen her college with a lot of care. And we knew it was exactly where she was supposed to be. So for the entire summer before she left, we were shopping and packing and sorting and having the best time making plans and getting her ready to go. It was really some of the most fun times we've had. And I focused really heavily on those moments and I shoved aside what those moments actually meant that she was leaving. (laughs) I mean, I remember going to college and once I moved out, I really didn't move back home again. And somewhere in my deepest heart, I think I really believe we were going to load up the car, drive to school, unpack, decorate her super cool dorm room, and then bring her back home with us. So you can laugh at me if you want. It's kind of silly. Even when I say it, the day came 
we loaded her up. We had a blast doing all those move-in day at college things with her, like hanging up pictures and setting up furniture and buying shirts in the bookstore. And we came home that night without her, but we were still able to watch the freshman student activities online that night. So it wasn't like we were really away. So everything was new and awesome and shiny and fun. And because it's life, though, my husband tested positive for COVID the next day. That took up a lot of our headspace and our time for a few days, a couple weeks, actually. And we kind of lived in a whirlwind for a minute. So real life didn't settle back in on us. So it was about a week after she moved to school that I started having a lot of trouble sleeping. And I couldn't figure out why. Every night I went to bed with this sense of dread hanging over me. And and if it kept me awake, if I fell asleep, I would wake up. By morning, it was gone, only it would return the next night when I pulled back the covers. That went on for about two weeks before I figured out what was going on, that we'd never gone to bed before our daughter got home at night because she worked late at Chick-fil-A. At least one of us would always stay up until she made it safely through the door. But now she was making it safely through her own door. And it, it wasn't that I was actively afraid for her. It was that in all the blessings of her spreading her wings and flying and the excitement of scholarships and moving in and first week fun for her, that I couldn't protect her the way I used to. With all of my heart, I believe that God is over her life, but still, the mama that I am experienced a fresh kind of fear I'd never really felt before. But in order for her to grow into the woman God wants her to become, my husband and I had to experience that change in our relationship with her. And as her life changed, so did ours. We had to experience the fear of letting her go, even as we celebrated the blessing of her moving forward. Oh, I feel that so hard. I was fine when my second son went to college in the summer. It was Christmas break when they both left to go back to college. And of course, that time of the year, everything is gray. It's nasty weather. It's cold. Christmas is done. It's just blah. And that's what hit me. And isn't that what blessings really are about? They're good things. But when they come, there's just nothing about our life that really kind of stays the same. And truthfully, change, even good change, brings about senses of fear and anxiety sometimes. We know Abraham experienced that often in his walk with God. We've talked about how Abraham is seeing God's promises come true. We've seen three specific promises to Abraham that he would have a son who would become a great nation and through whom God's chosen people and ultimately the Messiah would come. The promise to make Abraham's child with Hagar whose name is Ishmael, a great nation as well, and the promise of land for Abraham's descendants. It's now in chapter Genesis 21 that a few short verses cover a very long span of time. And we get to see how God brings these promises to fruition in three separate events in Abraham's life. We also get to see Abraham, like us, still had fear and still had concerns. But you know, it was so great. God lovingly addressed these concerns just by reminding Abraham of his promises. And although Abraham still had fear, much like Jody, you did when your daughter went to college or when my kids left, you know, Abraham ultimately trusted God and he focused on the promises, even though some things about God's work in Abraham's life went against everything Abraham might want to have wanted. And I definitely feel that sometimes God answers prayers. But he doesn't answer them in the way I think they should be answered. But let's look at those three parts of chapter 21 and see how God worked in Abraham's life despite his fears. In verses 1 through 5, we see Isaac born to Abraham and Sarah, just like God promised. And in verses 6 through 7, 
We hear Sarah say, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And then she added, who would have said to Abraham, Sarah would nurse children, yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Here's the birth of the child of the promise. It's, it's a promise come true. If you listened to our podcast on Genesis 16, you heard us talk about some of the ways Abraham's fears that God wouldn't keep his word drove him to try to make those promises happen himself. The result was Abraham having a son named Ishmael with his wife's servant Hagar. Despite Abraham's very human efforts to move things forward, God still kept his promise. And here we find the son of that promise through whom the nation of Israel and ultimately the Messiah Jesus would come. Interestingly, Isaac means to laugh. And in Genesis 17, 19, Sarah laughed when God told her she'd bear a son. Now she laughs with joy. In a moment, we'll see a different type of laughter. It's interesting to note that Abraham is now 100 years old. 25 years have passed since God made the initial promise to him to make him a great nation and give him a son. Often the waiting is hard. It can breed fears when it seems God is not moving or that he isn't moving the way we'd like. But be assured that he's always at work. While it may seem slow in our time, it's always God's right time. And we can take comfort in that. It was definitely hard for Abraham and Sarah. But even with all of the missteps and mistakes he's made in the waiting, God still considered him faithful. And that gives me hope because trust me, I make a lot of missteps and mistakes. And Abraham, and just like Abraham, Sarah received the same promises. But because of her doubts and fears and attempts to make the promise come true by human means, she lost out on the peace that resting patiently in God's promise would have given to her. We find peace when we focus on his promises and do what he says when we surrender to him and let him take control. But next we see Abraham facing something he may not have seen coming. He's just received the son God promised him, the blessing, but now he's forced to do what to us might seem unthinkable in reference to his first son, Ishmael, or Pagar. And you can find that story again in Genesis 16. Yeah. And I also, before we finish the rest of this chapter, before we finish the next story, I do want to, I guess, advise us or remind us that the Bible was not written in English. It was not written for Western European and American culture. It was also written over 4,000 years ago. So we are, it's, we are always going to read the Bible through our own cultural lens, own cultural eyes. As we read these next few verses, we need to remember to put ourselves into a culture from long time ago in that historical context and remember that. So as we go on, we, and we pick up at Genesis 21, 8, the child, we're talking about Ishmael, uh, Isaac, grew and was weaned. So now we're jumping in the, between two verses, we've jumped probably four or five years. And on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had borne to Abraham was mocking. And she said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that woman's son will never share in the inheritance of my son Isaac. Let's break here for a second. We actually find a third reference to laughter here, because when what's happening, when when Ishmael is mocking What's going on with Isaac and Abraham? He's laughing at him, but not in a good laugh. And remember, too, this is not a child. This is probably a 16, 17 year old. And this type of laughter was the cruel, bullying sort. There are some scholars who believe that it was actually done in contempt of God's covenant with Abraham and in contempt of Isaac, who was their promised child. Now, if we continue in verse 11. This matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. 
But God said to him, do not be distressed about the boy and your slave woman. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, for it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the slave a nation also, because he is your offspring. Now, early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and set her off with the boy. And then she went her way and wandered through the desert of Beersheba. In Genesis 17, God had promised to make Ishmael a nation as well, but that could not happen if the two brothers occupied the same territory. Abraham's understandably concerned, perhaps even frightened for Ishmael, because he's just received one of God's promises, but is certainly not going the way he envisioned it, much like my earlier story. But let's notice here that Abraham doesn't take action until God reminds him of the promise, something that reflects his trust in God to care for Hagar and Ishmael, and something that also reflects his obedience to God. As painful and hard as this may seem be for us to understand, separation of Ishmael was necessary, and tribal leaders often sent their sons out at about this age. Abraham obeyed God and was known as a friend of God in James 2.23. His faith followed God's will even in difficult times. We don't always understand what God's doing, how, how often throughout Abraham's story we've seen him puzzled or struggling or frightened, He's continually obedient. He was human like us. Um, we're going to go backwards sometimes, be afraid sometimes, but ultimately when we follow God, we're to be obedient and trusting even when it's scary and we don't understand. And a lot of times it is. And I would imagine that Abraham had to feel some measure of fear here, even with God's promise to guide him. This was his kids. This was his son. And I know what we were just talking about, your daughter or my, my sons. There's fear there, even though you know it's okay. And I wonder if Abraham felt the same way about letting Ishmael go, even after experiencing all of God's faithfulness. But let's be clear, feeling fear is not a sin. Thank you, Lord, for that. Letting fear control our decisions and whether or not we obey God, that is. And here we see Abraham likely afraid, certainly concerned, and yet he obeys immediately. And if you've been following this series, you know that that's a huge growth moment for Abraham because we've seen him finagle and hesitate and be a plan B person in the past. And yes, when Hagar and Ishmael initially go out, they do struggle. But God keeps his promise to make Ishmael a a nation as well, even though that nation ended up being hostile to Israel. And we say that in Psalms 83, 5 through 6. With one mind, they plot against you. They form an alliance against you. Tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites of Moab and the Hagarites. And then we see a third promise of Abraham begins to be fulfilled in verses 22 through 34. And we'll just kind of paraphrase those for you. But God fulfills a promise to Abraham in spite of Abraham. Uh, He made a promise to someone, he makes promise here, to someone we've seen before, Abimelech, one of the kings he lied to when he said Sarah was his sister and not his wife. This promise leads to a treaty that involves Abraham receiving ownership of a well that came to be known as Beersheba. He ultimately receives the well. This well, Beersheba, would become the southern boundary of God's promised land. Abraham's securing of water rights in an illegal covenant-bound agreement with Abimelech represents the first step in the fulfillment of God's promise of land to Abraham. Here's the thing. 
Sometimes we beat ourselves up for our fears, but again, fear is a normal human emotion. It's important to note that God forgave Abraham's tendency to jump to his own plan B, like when he told Abimelech Sarah wasn't his wife. He still delivered all the promise, even though Abraham still faced the natural consequences for his actions when Abimelech didn't trust him. God will keep us as well, although we have to face consequences. God's plans will stand, often in spite of us and the actions that we take when we're afraid. And we serve such a good, good God that does that because this is one area of my life that it's so easy to say, don't be afraid and trust God's plan, but it's so much harder to do in practice. But we serve such a loving God that does exactly that, that even in spite of ourselves, and even when we're having to walk through our own natural consequences, God still protects. So Jenny, would you pray for us? Father God, we thank you so much for your love and understanding of us. You truly are the God who sees and hears us. That means so much more when things aren't going the way we want them to go and when we're scared because we don't know what comes next. It is so much peace to know that you walk beside us all the time in blessings and in trials. It's so much peace to know that you keep your promises and stay with us while we wait for those promises to come true. And it's so good to know, God, that you are always in charge. That you always see the big picture, even when things don't look like we think they should. Forgive us for the times we've questioned you and help us to keep our focus on you in times of blessing, as well as in times when we feel confused and scared. We're so glad that you've never changed. You're the same God now as you've always been. Thank you for all you are and all the ways you bless us, even when we don't understand those blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jody, And thank you all for listening. I hope our conversation deepened your understanding of God and helped you rest more fully in His promises and that you can release your fears to Him. If you haven't already done so, we would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode. And please make sure to share it on social media. We would be super encouraged if you'd rate us as well, because that helps other people find it. Until next time, may you live with the courage of one who has truly been set free. Faith Over Fear is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Want to learn more about God and His will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinice Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.